welcome to today's podcast. My name is Laura Walker and I'm the Alcohol Care Team Lead at East Lancashire Hospitals NHS Trust. Our team provides care for inpatients at Royal Blackburn and Burnley Hospitals for those who use alcohol. The Alcohol Care Team work together with local drug and alcohol treatment services, Inspire in East Lancashire and Spark, a recovery collaborative for Blackburn with Darwin and also mutual aid organisations such as AA and Red Rose Recovery to help reduce alcohol related harm. Today's podcast is recorded specially to acknowledge Alcohol Awareness Week. Each year this runs from the third week in November. Each year carries a different theme and this year it's change. In recognition that change and recovery is possible, I'm really pleased to welcome Alice, which is not her real name, and Stefan. Both have used a combination of services, including ours, and I'm really grateful to have them here today to share their stories with us. Before we chat a little bit about prevention, there are things we can all do to prevent alcohol related harm. Reducing our alcohol intake to the lower risk guidance of 14 units a week is one. Knowing what's in a drink and understanding units is another and having alcohol free days regularly in the week. There are plenty of apps now to support with this. For those already drinking at dependent levels around 10 units a day or more, we recommend not stopping and having alcohol free days until you engage with the service or get support to stop. It can be very unsafe and even life threatening for people to stop drinking too quickly without help. As an alcohol care team, we see a lot of people who are dependent upon alcohol from all walks of life. Nobody wakes up one day and thinks I'll just start drinking to harmful levels. It can be a real creeper. Some of you may have watched the Adrian Giles's documentary in recent years, which is well worth a watch about how daily drinking can creep up. I thought this was a real good stigma busting show and voices such as Alex and Stefan with us today are really important for making change happen for more people. So I'd like to start with you, Alice. I'm keen to understand a little bit about your story, your relationship with alcohol or talk us through some of your experiences. Hi, um, I've been a big drinker for as long as I can remember, really, from about um, a teenager, I guess. Um, started off weekend drinking like you do with your mates and then gradually it got midweek as well as during the weekend. Um, throughout all my careers, I've held down some very, very good careers in my life and um, all the way through, there's always been alcohol in the background, hidden very well, I thought, but um, obviously not. So, yeah, it's um, it's always been there. I've always known I've drunk too much and I've thought in the past about possibly doing something to uh, cut down, but it's never happened. I never managed to get there until it got bonkers and I ended up really poorly. And that's when you came to hospital, was it? That's right. Yeah, I had um, some blood tests done and I rang the surgery for my results and it was a locum doctor that said, um, how are you feeling right now at this minute? And I said, well, I'm dry retching, uh, I'm shaking, um, I have absolutely no energy. She said, well, have you had anything to eat today? I said, I didn't have anything to eat yesterday or the day before, actually. And she said, right, just give me a minute, let me make a phone call. And she rang through to uh, what I now know is the acute medical unit at this hospital, Blackburn Hospital. And um, 
she got me a place here and she rang me straight back within five minutes and said, um, I'd like you to go up to hospital to, they just want to pump some fluids into you because you, you know, you're not, not very well at the moment. So I just want to put, they want to pump some fluids into you to, um, you know, try and stabilise how you're feeling right now. So I came to hospital with just my handbag. So am I right in thinking then that change came about as a result of health scare or were you thinking about change you know how did that sort of come around i'd been i'd been wanting to because i knew it was a problem um so i'd been wanting to well cut down really um i never thought about giving up because well i didn't want to for a start but uh, yeah I, I knew i needed to cut down a little bit but it was because of the health scare because i didn't realize i was as poorly as what i was these symptoms i was feeling at the time the dry retching and shaking and things not eating um I, I just thought i had some sort of bug or something you know because it had come on over like three or four days and um, didn't realize how poorly i was until i came to hospital like i say with my handbag i was just gonna i was under the impression i was just gonna get some fluids pumped into me to uh, you you know try and stop this dry retching and shakiness really and I was going home that same day to have a drink. So that connection with how you were feeling and alcohol wasn't a connection that kind of was obvious to you at that time? No I, I didn't realise at all that it was such a big problem that it was um, for me it was just that I, I, I didn't feel well you know I, I didn't feel well I knew I was drinking too much and my doctor's been trying to tell me for quite some time that you know you need to cut down and I always sort of said yeah yeah well yeah shall we get you some support and I'm like no 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 I'll, I'll be right I'll do it I'll do it eventually yeah just leave me as I am and I'll I'll crack on and I'll do it eventually. So we're waiting for the right day to come I guess. Yeah definitely yeah although I didn't know I was waiting for the right day to come I, I couldn't believe it when I got to hospital and um, and that's when my st journey started. So a lot of people fear change um you know they worry about what the life would be without alcohol you know and that that seems to be am i right in thinking that's where you your thought process was yeah definitely and I, I knew i wanted to change but i, I didn't realize that i could when you say to somebody who's drinking heavily um, don't you think you're drinking too much it, whoever says that you kind of shut up what are you talking about and who are you talking about you're not talking about me you you know God, i'm not that bad yeah, I'm not drinking vodka on my cornflakes in the morning. I have, just have a few drinks every night. You know, it's you're not talking about me. I don't need to change. It's uh, it's everybody else. Um, and it wasn't until I came in hospital that the, that day that I realised that uh, hang on a minute, I could possibly make this massive change here with some support. That's really insightful. You know, in terms of um, how you put that together, that you sort of hadn't made that connection because you didn't want it at that time but what strikes me there is that when you've made that decision how much you've stuck to it I mean are we okay to share how long you've been sober for now Alice? Yes um, I'm so proud to say it's a 111 days today. Congratulations that's amazing um, and you know what would your advice be to people who are maybe teetering on the edge of change thinking about it? For me, the, the massive thing was um, I didn't realise there was so much support out there, D just didn't have a clue. Um, it wasn't until I met Laura from your team that, um, you know, she started telling me and because I was in my mind an outpatient and I was only coming to have one solution put through me to make me feel better, I didn't realise that, um, you know, I could, I had the support from 
your team initially uh, and to go on and go forward. It was Laura that told me about everything. Um, I, I didn't know any of this. I didn't know I could turn to anybody. For me, in my mind, it was it was me. You know, I, I was the problem and there was only me who could do anything about it. But it, that's really not the case. Not at all. I think it's fair to point out at this point that there are two Lauras in the team. <laughs> and uh, Alice is referring to our lovely member of staff who's uh, you've kept in touch with, haven't you, since you've left? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've spoken, spoken to Laura quite a few times. She's been to your graduation today of a course that you've been doing as well, which is uh, lovely to see you've, you've made some achievements in your sobriety as well. Yeah. Um, as a Stefan, so I'd like to bring you in really at this point and, you know, if you could talk a little bit about your experiences or, you know, any challenges or, or barriers that you faced um, in terms of trying to get to where you are now. I took up uh, drinking big style when I lost my job and my uh, health conditions as well, because uh, twice I've been uh, in uh, detox now in space of uh, two months with this uh, alcohol uh, team. <laughs> My health really uh, it's on because uh, when I was drinking heavily and I mean heavily like two litres uh, of whiskey uh, a day. I know, I know it sounds a lot but you know it were a lot that I had nosebleeds for two hours and I couldn't stop having nosebleeds and that's why I got rushed into hospital twice. They got in touch with me this this team here. Then after that after leaving hospital, they told me to uh, I need to go to Inspire. Then from Inspire, I got uh, put on to this uh, Thrive course, which tells you and learns you all about alcohol, how your mind thinks about alcohol, and that's it really. Okay, so um, this course then it tells you a little bit about you know how alcohol affects the brain and your thinking process. I mean, yeah, it does. One of the sort of key themes around dealing with addiction is you know you quite rightly pointed out is that support isn't it and that sort of what we call psychosocial intervention it's that yeah and, talking. and a lot of people in recovery talk about being alone as yeah that's what I was just about to bring that if you're alone that's uh, that's the worst thing you can do so talking about it going to uh, inspire thrive AA groups as well for alcohol yeah they do well Red Rose as well, which uh, not only uh, do they do snooker, uh, arts and crafts, meditation and stuff like that. It's just been, if you're by yourself and drinking, which I were, uh, it's getting out of the house. So it's fair to say that getting involved in services. Services, is, uh, definitely, yeah. But also the recovery networks outside of services. Yeah, there's that, uh, loads of, people uh, don't think that there's loads and loads and loads of uh, services out there which you, you can tap into. Things like, um, you know, mainstream clubs as well can be used. Can't they? There's, uh, yeah, walking, uh, yes, swimming, yeah, anything. Um, and I think you've hit up on a important point there. It's good to learn about alcohol and understand processes, but it's also good to have a bit of normality mm. and just do everyday things like you talked about the snooker, the social aspect, and to be able to just form those relationships with people and start. Yeah, because sort of yeah, there's a lot of people out there who uh, drink and uh, do come through uh, detox or rehab, don't realise how much there is a lot of help out there. 
we're, we're fortunate enough to now have AA in the hospital. They come in once oh, a fortnight as well. Um, they don't run a traditional group, but it's that introduction so that people are kind of used to speaking to other people because I'm I right in thinking it's a little bit scary to. Yeah, it is daunting at, at first. Uh, all of my advice is uh, text someone with you what can uh, support you. So I never went to an AA meeting. Uh, my first AA meeting, we we uh, Alice. So I do recommend you text someone because it is proper, proper daunting. And most of the stuff what they say is daunting, but it needs to sink into you. Well, it, it needed to sink into my mind first anyway. And I guess that the beauty now is because there's so much done online and through Teams or through um you know internet group meetings that you can attend meetings anywhere in the world can't you effectively mm. and meet people yeah, yeah even on them. yeah anywhere uh, laptops even on your phone if you've got a decent phone nowadays which uh, i think everybody's got, uh, got it's not just in this country it's uh, all over the uh, country as well all over the world yeah it's this the world's your oyster isn't it what do you think we could you know what do you think we need to do in lancashire this is to anyone really i guess um around raising awareness or all of, you know talking more um about stigma busting and you know what what sort of things can we do do you think or what do you think we need to be doing i think uh, from my point of view if i'd have known um right at the beginning when i was um when i was struggling <clears throat> that a there was a detox available. God, I didn't even know there was a detox available. It wasn't until I came to hospital that day, um, not expecting to get that, do a detox. Um, I, I, I didn't know. I didn't know you could detox from alcohol and be, as Laura put it to me, um, my alcohol liaison nurse, put it to me that I could take a drug through um, intravenous drip. Um, within five days, I was free withdrawn from alcohol I had no alcohol left in my system and no withdrawal symptoms that was just incredible and I don't think anybody would probably realize that unless they're told you know you, you can go to other places to do um, detoxes and stuff and, and some people are so um, in denial about their problem whether it be you know alcohol or another substance but they're so in denial about it that they they have to go to rehab afterwards where they totally change your mindset about you know your addiction just to try and you know make you aware of how strong it is but I didn't know any of that was around and I think to get that message out to people who feel that they've got a problem as I felt I had but what on earth do I do um it would just be incredible it it just be life-changing it changed my life and I and I think if more people knew that there is you know so much support out there and things that they can tap into it would change loads of people's lives you don't need to be embarrassed about being an alcoholic when you've you've reached support it's not it's not embarrassing anymore it's embarrassing when you're riding your vodka bottles in a trolley when you're in the supermarket but it's not embarrassing when you're in recovery because everybody's in the same boat everybody's wants to support you uh, through your recovery yeah that's really um key isn't it that raising awareness and i suppose i just want to sort of pick up on something there that you've touched upon it's you know it's not the norm for people to detox in hospital usually people might detox in hospital if they've come in because like yourself you had health health condition or um, there's other things going on physically um, usually the pathway to detox um, would be through community services such as CGL or Inspire 
um, and we'll give you some contacts for, for us at the end of this podcast um, if you want to get in touch with any of those services. Um, there are offers around detoxing at home uh, for those people who are able to, who have some support and also, um, you know, specialist inpatient detoxes as well. Because I guess um, it's fair to say it's a bit of a different experience detox in a hospital. And if you haven't detoxed anywhere else, um, you know, it, it, it's kind of a, you're sort of on your, you're in a ward kind of environment, aren't you? And in a detox unit, you've got other people who are going through the same sort of process as yourself. So that's sort of the difference with the hospital, isn't it? At a, mm, in terms of yeah. sort of detoxing um, one of the things that our team do is try and sort of build up our psychosocial intervention try and see people more often trying to do some worksheets with people so that we're really starting that recovery in the bedside um, and the long-term view to that will be to have some volunteers and some people with lived experience who are able to to talk to people who have been in that situation and I guess that's from my perspective, what I've learned from working community services all these years is it's that peer to peer um, involvement that's really worth its weight in gold. When someone's walked in those shoes, um, holding a hand out to somebody make, can make that real difference. So, uh, yeah, just, I just wanted to ask you a little bit about carers and families. I mean, there is support out there for concerned others and the impact on the family is far and wide. Uh, I think everyone knows somebody who's affected by alcohol. Um, do you have any comments around family support or how, what the impact is for family? Well, when I started drinking uh, uh, big style, my family has totally uh, cut me off, uh, really. I have tried to get in touch, but uh, like someone said, they'll uh, get in touch with you if they, if they want to. But you say things when you're uh, drunk, which you don't think is harming people, but it, it is harming people. Yes, I think when you when you you're drinking heavily, you don't realise the you're not you're not always this sociable person, and the person that your family see is the horrendous drunk who's embarrassing and who's loud and who's obnoxious and who says some really nasty things and it's that your family that is generally the blunt the brunt of your nastiness um, you don't realize at the time that you're being that kind of person but you are and your families have had to just put up with it for such a long time and there's so many people that are in recovery who've lost touch with all the family because the family have seen them time and time and time again be this obnoxious horrible person that alcohol turns you into um, and they've just said no more that's it you know you're always going to be this person get out of our lives and that's so sad because if those people had, and the families as well if they'd have been able to just tap into some support there's so many groups available for the family as well without the alcoholic going you know, like the husband or the wife or even older children can go to co onto courses or um, evening classes or anything like that in a room with other family members of alcoholics and talk about their experience of how the alcoholic in their world has ruined their life as well. You know, they're not ruining just their own life, they're ruining their own family's lives and trying to live with an alcoholic must be horrendous because your mood swings are, you know, like I said before, we, you're one minute this party animal, sociable, laughing every minute, cracking jokes, and the next minute when you've had too many, you're evil, you're horrible, and you just say some nasty, nasty things that your family puts up with 
and it's you don't realize yourself you don't realize that when you're drinking that you are that person but my god you are yeah and you know you're not that person are you without alcohol no absolutely not yeah i mean i think obviously speaking to you two today um it's kind of um put that bear really hasn't it you know this can happen to anybody and those this is one of the messages we kind of want to get out there that you know people have a sort of association don't they with what they expect someone who's alcohol dependent to be like what kind of background they expect them to come from but it, it really can happen to anybody um so can recovery absolutely Reco recovery starts when you want it to the everybody can recover the only person who can't recover is a dead person. So wh where's next for you in terms of peer recovery and, and helping others? And I'm getting the feeling we've got a infectious recovery uh, mm -hmm. vibe going on. Definitely. Yeah, de I'm, I'm so, so positive about my recovery and I want this amazing feeling that I've got from my recovery um, and the support I've had. I want it for absolutely everybody. Absolutely everybody. Um, I'm going to, I finished, graduated, like you said earlier, from the Live and Thrive course, which is run by Inspire, which Laura, my alcohol nurse, put me onto. Laura spoke, sat on my bed that day when I was getting full of this good fluid. And um, she said, you know, I can I can refer you to this, this group who will give you some support and put you on a course if you like. And I said, oh, go on then. And uh, I had a phone call the next day and that was me learning all about addiction and everything. It, it, I didn't start the next day, I was still in hospital, but he rang me as soon as I got out. But it was thanks to Laura knowing about that. You know, I didn't know about that. Laura told me, so she put that ball in motion for me. And if more people knew, more people could get that help. So now that I know and I've had 14 weeks of education about addiction and, um, you know, learning to live well, mindfulness and um you know, my well-being and how addiction affects people in a different way. I want to pass that forward. I want to tell everybody and I want to give everybody support that I've had. Um, you know, I've, I've given my number out at meetings to new people to say, you know, if you're struggling, just ring. I'm not a, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a counsellor. I have no training whatsoever, but I'm going to get training and I start next week to be a recovery coach. And I hope that I can meet people who have been um, at the very beginning of their journey, just like I was completely unaware of what's around um, and I can support them in some way. So that's my next course. And the one after that, who knows? But it's not oh, stopping here. What a fantastic goal. And what about you, Stefan? Where's next for you? Try and get me, uh, well, my life is back on track now. And uh, try and get back into uh, getting me uh, a job back is a big part. And uh, keeping me uh, my health. I nearly died because of uh, drinking. And it's, uh, it's a big thing. Well, sadly, it's time to sign off for this podcast today. I've really, really enjoyed your company. And... It's just been fantastic to talk to you about about your experience. It's spreading that re recovery message. You know, that's, <clears throat> that's the, the counteract that we can do, isn't it? Um, as alcohol professionals and people who've used alcohol is just really spread that word. So I want to thank you very much for your fantastic insights. Um, and I want to encourage listeners who've um, 
perhaps got um, family members or uh, other people are concerned about or themselves to get in touch if you want to learn a little bit more about local services. Uh, we also have a website which will can pinpoint you in the direction of mutual aid and local services, which is elht.nhs.uk forward slash services forward slash alcohol hyphen care hyphen team. So thank you very much and have a great alcohol awareness week.